Welcome to the Inspiring Brains Podcast, hosted by Nick Thielen. Join Nick as he talks to comedians, artistic people, and of course, the music scene. Any scene you can think of pop culture related, that's Nick Thielen. And now, here's your host, Nick Thielen. Let the Inspiring Brains Podcast begin! Hello, everybody. Hope you're doing well and staying safe out there. Um, very happy to have you along and happy to share with you another episode of the uh, podcast. Um, today's guest I'm very happy to share with you is uh, Andrew Albert. And uh, Andrew's somebody that's been kind of a close friend of mine. We've worked together at a few festivals, uh, one in Calgary and um, some here in central Alberta and in Edmonton and stuff like that all over the province. So, He's kind of become a good friend, and uh, we've shared some good stories and some good moments. Um, uh, you can find more about Andrew just by going to Facebook. Um, if you direct message him, he uh, can give you all the information on uh, how you can get his albums, uh, either physically through the mail or a digital download, as he mentioned in the podcast. Uh, Andrew's a really great guy. He's performed at Just for Laughs twice been at festivals all across the country and we really connected uh we got a little bit personal talking about an experience i had uh, at a festival in calgary where the promoter actually uh basically took my canes and threw them across the room and that was one of the things you know it it was a bit uh traumatic uh, and shocking for me at first but going through it now like reflecting on it uh, you know, I think it's important to share the story, and also it's one of those uh, things that I think about as a as a building block to to motivate me and inspire me to to continue doing comedy and to kind of prove that guy wrong. So, um, but yeah, we had a great chat, and we also just talked about Andrew's feelings about uh, the comedy industry as a whole, how it might change given uh, the current situation. How uh, we talked about his experience as a as a sommelier. Uh, a wine taster and a uh, um, and, uh, and a restaurant owner, and also we talked about a movie that I mentioned, which I didn't know at the time, couldn't think about. It's called Sour Grapes. If you want to check out that uh, show, it's about uh, a guy who uh, kind of rigs the wine industry and actually ends up going to jail for uh, ten years as a result. So. Uh, that said, though, I really enjoyed this interview, and I'm hoping you guys do too. We had some good times, some good laughs, and I'm really grateful to Andrew for joining me. Before we get into it, here's a clip from some of Andrew's comedy. And as I mentioned, uh, he's got two albums uh, for sale right now. Uh, his most recent one, Guns and Yoga. He's got uh, albums that you can buy, and uh, I really hope you do because like, um, it's important to support artists and... and people during this time and, and not forget about them because like I said like like we said a lot of us are out of work right now so if you can't support Andrew at all go ahead and do that and uh, without much further ado thank you very much to Andrew for joining me hope you enjoyed this podcast stay safe and we'll talk again very soon bye for now you know uh, I stay in a lot of dodgy establishments across <laughs> Across the country, you know, you're you're staying in a shithole uh, when the, the name of the town ends up in the name of the hotel. When you're going through New Brunswick and they get you at the Sussex Suites, the chances of sweets are unlikely. I was this uh, this uh, winter. I was in uh, Saskatchewan in a town called Clare, just because I think at one point a lady named Claire probably lived there, and there was only 89 other people, and they had to pick a name. And the lady brought us upstairs to show us our our rooms for that evening. And uh, she said I was with a female comedian, and she said to the uh, the comedian I was with, she said, "I'm gonna give you the room with the key." <laughs> Saying, ooh, what, what treat does that leave me? And, and, and she said to me, she said, uh, I'm putting you in number six. And uh, I looked at the door frame, 
and uh, where the door should probably meet uh, the frame, it had been kicked off of the frame. Said the room don't have a key, but don't worry, not much goes on here. I was looking at the door frame and I said, something has gone on here. south of Edmonton, uh, stayed at the Devon Inn, I saw the gig sheet, I was like, we are screwed, okay? You know you're screwed when the guy at the front desk gives you a real key. <laughs> and it was the last time we did renovations on this piece of shit. I swear to God, then he handed me the remote control. I was like, oh, are we collecting these after our stay? Sir, I don't know if you saw that Oprah episode, but a hotel remote control is the third dirtiest thing on the goddamn planet. I think about it. What is the last thing you do before you turn that hotel TV off? Whether it was him or her, it was wet. That's all I'm saying. I'm not stealing your dirty remote. And hanging in that night was amazing. We went up the, went up the stairs and you could smell that very distinct American Virginia tobacco. Yeah, like Marby Reds coming out of the car, and I was like, when was the last time we smoked indoors? <laughs> These carpets are vintage. Probably worth a lot of money. Hey, we had we, we had the three keys, and uh, there was three of us, and we were in the hall together. My buddy Scott had the best line. When we all opened the doors on three to witness a shitty room we were going to have to stay in, my buddy Scott goes, oh, to leave your shoes on a kind of room. <laughs> with your goddamn jacket on it. <laughs> and why is it every time you're in a shitty hotel room, hey, you get that freaking, you get that pillow and it's only two inches thick. Okay? And as you're going down at night, it feels like your ear may never make contact. <laughs> and as, you, as your ear kisses that pillow, all you're thinking is how many asses have been on this pillow. <laughs> what caught my eye walking in the in that hotel room hanging in the bathroom was uh, brown towels. <laughs> you cannot bleach a brown towel. Brown towels hide hotel secrets. <laughs> Hello. Welcome back to the Inspiring Brains podcast with Nick Thielen. Uh, my guest today is Andrew Albert. He started his career back in 1997 uh, when he was dared by a university roommate to uh, perform at a Yuck Yucks in Windsor, Ontario. Since then, he has headlined uh, all over Canada, the US, and England. Uh, Andrew is a accomplished sketch performer, actor, and now is a full-time touring comic. Uh, he has performed twice at Just for Laughs, the Boston Comedy Festival, the Moncton Hubcap Festival, four times at the uh, Calgary Comedy Festival, YYC, the Ha Festival in Quebec City, and CBC's televised All-Star Gala at the Halifax Comedy Festival. Uh, his comedy has been heard all over morning radio on Sirius XM and also on CBC. In addition, Andrew is passionate about food and wine and became a sommelier in 2008. Uh, last year he was booked 48 out of 52 weekends and you'll soon know why. Andrew also has uh, two albums out right now including Warning Canadian Content which was released in 2017 and his most recent album Guns and Yoga in 2019. How you doing today Andrew? I'm good Nick, how are you doing buddy? I'm doing alright, how are you? Uh... Nice, nice to hear from you. Absolutely. Um, I know right now uh, you're you're in Montreal, and uh, how are you? How are you holding up with uh, the current situation right now? Well, I think uh, everybody's probably you know much in the in the same boat, but uh, yeah, holding up, just trying to stay sane. I'm going out for daily uh, walks and went for a long bike ride today. Just trying to stay active, you know. Uh, I'm feeling myself getting fat. There's a I'm, I'm baking. <laughs> oh, awesome. I, I, I'm always making little projects where I'm like, today I gotta make bread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's none in the store. Right? 
and then I gotta make banana bread, and then I gotta make an orange cake, and then I get and I'm just eating. That's all I'm doing, man. I'm just eating my feelings right now. Yeah, you're just trying to embarrass me by being like, guess what I did? I went for a bike ride. Ah, oh, man, that's good though. I, uh, yeah, I mean, that's nice to hear that you're you're doing all right, keeping sane. Um, I wanted. Yeah, to, how are you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Uh, yeah, I'm just uh keeping busy with with the podcast and and uh having a ch- chance to talk to a lot of cool people now that uh that a lot of us are sitting at home so right on. yeah who's, who's, <laughs> been on, who's been on so far uh well i had i talked to big daddy taz last week and right uh and that's uh, fair and uh martha chavez is is supposed to oh, talk nice. to you later so i'm i'm pretty excited and uh just having a lot of fun with it all I, the time when we're performing at shows i'm kind of like focused on the show itself and making sure that you know the show goes well and i like to kind of sit down with these people and and get to know them a little bit more and, and find out more about them right and learn as yeah much as we've I can. had we've had shows together and i was just wondering who got top billing before I did, you know what I mean? Like that's oh. <laughs> so. Big Daddy Taz, Martha Chavez, oh. anybody else? Anybody else? Uh. Who, who else is better than me? Is what I want to know. Oh, you really want to embarrass me? Like I'm, just <laughs> I'm not even sure I want to do this. Oh right now, man, <laughs> tough, tough start. All right. I'm tired of not performing, my friend. How are you doing? Uh, well, yeah. Uh, I mean, I've been I doing it. shows, man. Yeah. Well, real shows, right? I've been doing a couple of those online shows. Yeah, but, there's no audience. Yeah, it's, and there's not. It doesn't feel like there's going to be an audience for months. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, and I had to. I I, I was uh, planning to try doing an album recording in uh, April, and I had to move that back. So once I heard they were canceling the Olympics, I was like, well, I guess that means I should probably. Oh, April's some. not happening. No, April's not happening. May's not happening. Yeah, uh, we might be lucky, and and. You know, who knows? The the door might open slightly in June, but I don't know, man. It's it's pretty scary times. Yeah, you know, it's hard time. I don't know. But and then and then and then uh, post, you know, post this when people come back, are people going to be so scared to get together in groups because now we're so shunned with even you know being within six feet of somebody? That's fair. It, it, it it feels like it, it could go either way. Well, right? it's either going to be a mass like everybody's like, let's get the fuck to the bar, let's do this, yeah. and you know what I mean, and and let's get back to normal, and it's going to be rock and roll and fun, hopefully. Yeah. Um, or is are people just going to continue to peek out their curtains? <laughs> <laughs> well, just before this too, I had like just before all the. Uh, you know, the government of Alberta here put these restrictions in and, and we were getting pretty serious about it. I was, uh, it's probably like two weeks ago, I, w- I was supposed to do a show in uh, in Penhold. And that's when, like, things were getting a little crazy and some people were right. cancelling events. And I, I'm deathly afraid that if I, like, cough at the show, like, I, I wasn't sick, but I wasn't feeling 100%. I was like, if I clear my throat or, like, you know, cough during the show, right, right, people right. are going to, like, run away, you know? And I don't know. <laughs> Question, Nick. Uh, now you have cerebral palsy. Yeah. Uh, does that um, affect your immune system? Uh, I mean, are, are you more susceptible to? I would say like to viruses. Or are you more susceptible to colds or anything like that? Do you have to be more careful? I would say me, uh, me personally. I am being a bit more careful, but would it affect me personally? Probably not. Like my, I think my immune system and my metabolism is pretty good, but. I would say like people with disabilities in general are a little bit more at risk just because some people don't have like the immune system and all that. Like I mean, I I have a disability and it's it's significant. Like it plays a significant role in my life, but I am pretty thankful that I have the abilities that I do have. So well, yeah, well, I mean, you're very. Uh, I mean, you get around. You're functional. You're. I mean, you're doing stand up. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and and as long as the you know, as long as the show producer uh, doesn't toss your crutches across the room, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're doing you're doing okay. Well, and I, I yeah, yeah, I mean, I haven't had too many discussions with uh, with with people about that on on the podcast here, but <laughs> but that said, I mean, you know, like you were basically like, were you you were in the in the room or were you? I'm not. No, I wasn't I there. Feel that like night. You were... I, I think I was there the night before with you guys, and then yeah. I just heard about it the next day. Oh, but man. I mean, that's. I'm sure he was trying to be funny and just being, you know, but, just misfired. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's well, it was, it was a, it was an interesting situation, nonetheless. Always is. I mean, it always is he, with 
with good old Stu. <laughs> yeah, and, and then uh, yeah, it was it's kind of strange because afterwards he he was like, oh, it's all uh, I I was trying to send a positive reinforcement message or something like that, and I was like, oh, okay, well, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> Mind you, sometimes the messages are mixed, Nick. Sometimes yeah. they're very, very convoluted messages. Mind you, but the, the fact you bring it up, right? Because we were performing the night before, and yeah. uh, you were you were hosting that show, and like, there's a difference between somebody like Stu and, and yourself, where you know you, you you brought up this story that you told on stage, where you have a friend that has a disability that that <laughs> that performed as well. But Josh, so to tell the people, so we're not just having a an inside conversation between you and I. There you go. I'll just, I'll tell the story. Sure. So Josh Dunn is a, is a comedian friend uh, that lives in Halifax. And back in the day, um, as you know, I mean, as a, as a kid, uh, as, a, as a young man that has uh, cerebral palsy, yeah. um, the, the, your balance can be really affected, obviously. So um, Josh would uh, tend to uh, not want to go up stage or on stage with his his uh, you know his walking crutches like the the handheld just so that you know the one with the the brace on the forearm everybody knows what I'm talking about yeah um, the, you know the, the the walking crutches uh, so he would uh, leave them behind but he, his balance would be off so he he'd have to stick his chest his chest would be barreled out and his arms would come up like an orangutan and then he'd make it to the stage and then he'd have he couldn't step up so he'd have to fall on his hands and knees it's horrible to giggle at this and then he would have to climb up that i helped him up on the stool like he's climbing grappling up the stool like he's going up a freaking you know a climbing wall and then he gets the you know gets his butt turned around and sits on the thing this is 45 seconds and the audience looking mortified and then i finally hand him the microphone and he starts the set you know and then after the show i was like josh man you gotta think you know maybe it'd be quicker maybe if you just you know use your crutches and he said the most beautiful line to me he says i don't want them to see my disability (laughs) (laughs) yes he took 45 seconds to to climb up a stool. Oh, they know, man. They know. I mean, they know I, something's up. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't had anything that uh, dramatic, but the thing closest thing I can think of is the... Uh, I did a, an open mic at a, at a place here in Red Deer, a little comic book store, and it was a little small venue, probably hold maybe 50 people. And the right. uh, there was a bunch of, like, uh, you know, cords and a mic stand and all this stuff in the way. And uh, so I, I'm going to get off stage, and we it's basically like a an open mic where there's comedy, but there's also some music and there's like poetry, right? So it's a mix of things. So we pick... Oh, right. And apparently comic books. So I'm guessing right. a lot of nerds too. <laughs> yeah. But in a way, it's good because it's like all creative minds and they're all pretty supportive. So that's yeah, kind of nice. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I, I'm getting off stage and like kind of trip on one of the chords and uh, I knew I was going down, but I always try to like oh, catch shit, myself, yeah. right? Like I... Or I try to like slow myself down so the impact isn't as bad. But right. everybody thought I was just doing it for for fun or, or like, not for fun, I guess. But they thought it was part of my show still. Like they didn't know I had finished my set. And then like after they <laughs> after I fell down and they realized, oh, he's not getting up that quickly. They, they, everybody rushed over to help me. And I was like, what? Did you guys just do that for like? You got, thought I was doing that for like extra style points or something? I don't know. But... Yeah, it's just turtle, just laying there, turtled on your back, waiting for somebody to help flip you over. <laughs> That's literally what it was. But it was like it was. I was. I was on my. I'd. I'd fallen on my back, so I was like, like a turtle that can't get up, like just on the shell, right? So it's crazy. But um, I, I wanted to ask you. You know you. Like you've been doing comedy for over twenty years now, twenty twenty three years, if I'm not mistaken, is that correct? Yeah, 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 twenty three years. Can can you uh, can you take me back to the first time you you, you tried stand up for the first time? What that was like for you? I know you talked oh, a little yeah. bit about it in the beginning, but in the intro. So I was I was coming out I was coming out of university, and um, it was probably around this time of year. You know, it was in that March Marchy feel. It was around it was around this time of year. Um, my, I had a roommate, this guy, uh, Dave Johnson, uh, his parents, his folks were up in Owen Sound, Ontario. We went to school in Windsor mm-hmm. and Dave, uh, roommate for all three years, he worked at the Yuck Yuck. So that's, I always wanted to do comedy, um, from, 
from the time that I saw Eddie Murphy in Raw and or Delirious first, then Raw. Um, listen to Cheech and Chong albums. I when I was a kid, I had much older brothers, and I I remember even writing sets when I was a child. I always wanted to do this, but I was a I grew up in New Brunswick, and I had no there was no way to do this. Uh, I went to school in Windsor, Ontario. These are these are you know by in my young twenties in mm-hmm. university went to the University of Windsor, and my roommate ended up catching a job as the doorman at Yuck Yucks. So we were able to go to Yuck Yucks every weekend. And when you're on your your university budget, uh, going to a comedy club, smoking a joint, and buying one beer and being able to get in for free is a pretty good Friday night, you know? Okay, so at least we had a night out, and we we wouldn't have to pay because the doorman was our was our boy, and uh, and we, we ended up uh, we ended up going to, on a trip together to New York, like a university uh, organized. They give you the bus, the hotel. We went to uh, see a Conan O'Brien taping. We uh, we did all kinds of little things. We went to Caroline's Comedy Club in, in New York, and I've been watching comedy live almost every week for you know for a year and a half and I'm starting to see the formula. I'm finally really understanding, you know what I mean? When you, when you sit and watch it mm-hmm. and then the best thing was, was seeing acts a second and third time. When you see those guys again, you're yeah. like, Oh, you start to realize it's, it's not, it's, it, you see the formula mm-hmm. and you see that, Oh, they do use some of the same jokes and it's not, you know what I mean? Like, uh, the, yeah. the, the biggest trick is, is making it look like it's only for that crowd, right? Yeah. And uh, so anyway, I told this ridiculous story back drunk at the hotel room, and my buddy says, you have to tell this on stage. It was, it was, a, it was a silly story, made-up story, but I was doing a half-French character, almost what like Derek Sagan does, right? Yeah, yeah. When he, he talks it like that. <laughs> so I did this, and, and, and in... In Ontario, especially, and it would it would fly really well out west too. Everybody makes fun of the French out there, not so much here in Montreal, um, but out west and, and in Ontario as well. Mm-hmm. That shit, that shit really flies and really kills. And it was pretty hacky, and it, but it was a little story I'd made up, and uh, I told it, and uh, and he said, "You got to do this on stage." And he says, uh, "You, uh, there's something coming up next week. I'll get you on." And mm-hmm. I said, "Fine." I didn't realize that it was the greatest Canadian amateur contest. Oh, wow. And there was 14, obviously, newbies, but everybody was under five years or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? So people have people have shows under their belt. I'm going in first show ever. Culture King. And uh, I, ended up, I ended up placing second. Wow. And I was like, you know what? I caught the plug right there, man. And I, I had written a couple hacky jokes. Like, I wrote a joke about Rita McNeil and... Uh, it was so hacky. I seem to have remembered it from a Dennis the Menace uh, cartoon as a child. You know what I mean? Like, uh, hey, you want to lose 40 pounds of unsightly fat? Cut off your head. You know, like it was one of those really like hacky, hacky. horrible. But, but I had so much, you know, you know what, it, you know what the feeling is, man. When the first time you got yeah. so much energy that I just... I just overpowered him with energy and it was like, and then I caught the bug right there and I never stopped. Man. I never, I never stopped. It took me probably, te- it took about 10 years yeah. to be headliner. Mm-hmm. Um, like where you guys are out West, it happens a lot faster than it did. Let's say back in the day, you know, okay. 20 years ago in the city, you kind of got to take your time and you're you, you gotta pick your number you, you're yeah. rather you take a number you know like you, there's a lot of people in front of you and okay. you don't you don't headline in front in you know usually in within five years that's very very unlikely mm-hmm. but uh out west it's great i think out west is you guys got a great scene out there because people need the road openers that can do half an hour and mm-hmm. i've been on the road with so many kids out there that only have 20 minutes but they're getting pushed off the diving board you know what i mean like yeah and it's it's good for you guys uh, one it, it i mean it can hurt you a little bit because it's gonna hurt your feelings because you're gonna go through some pretty rough fucking shows here yeah. and there but but at the end of the day sink or swim you're gonna have to learn to swim fast but you know? so did you like starting out well like, like from that first experience like having seen comedy for a year beforehand did you have an idea of the of the writing structure or how to to go about structuring the show or yeah i guess you know i guess to a certain degree 
but then again, writing comes with time, I find. You know what I mean? Uh, there are great writers out the gate. Like, I mean, there's certain people that I, that I kind of grew up with out here, like, uh, well, one uh, one in particular, I don't know if you're familiar, are you familiar with David Pride? Uh, no, not, not in particular. Okay, David, David's done many, many things. He's, you know, uh, just for last many times, he's, he's done a bunch of festivals. David Pride is one of the best damn writers I've ever witnessed and he was one of those guys out the gate. He was genius. You know what I mean? Like I remember, you know, he's that he's that comic where you're you watching in the back, and we don't laugh at other comics. I heard a comic say this the other day. We don't laugh at other comics. We usually just go, ah, oh, fuck. I wish I would have thought of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's exactly who David Pride is. Just like, oh god, that was funny. That was so well put together. But I find writing comes. It comes over time. You know. So. I think for the first five years, I was, uh, I mean, I was working with, uh, you know, some, some, some writing, but it was mostly delivery and energy and just cranking her up to 11 and having a really good time and trying yeah. to be a, the smiling asshole for everybody and, and trying, you know what I mean? Like you just use what you got. And right. That's what I had. I just had cranking up energy and a pretty face and go, 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 you know? Yeah. Um, the writing you know, the writing comes a little later and and gets honed, you know, like it, you just get better at it. Yeah. So to like kind of follow up, is there a particular process you go through when you're writing? Are you a guy that's physically writing it down? Or are you recording it on your phone? Yeah, well, both. Usually I'll, uh, it, you know, maybe if I'm driving, I'll hit like record on my phone or whatever, or dictate, you know, I'll uh, dictate it to myself on my phone. Okay. Uh, but that's usually just a skeleton. Right. And then I take it to stage. Yeah. I, that's where I write. I it open mics, th- then I just throw it on stage, and then see where the see where the shit lands, and then tweak it from there, and then and then go from there. I used to, you know, have joke books and and you know, I mean, uh, write everything out word for word and try to figure it out that way. Um, but as I uh, as I got better at it, I find that when you're performing, um, that's when that's when your mind is running like a fucking Lamborghini, you know what I mean? Like it's going 260 kilometers an hour. So that's when I, I find that, uh, you surprise yourself. And I personally, for me, I didn't think about this until like later on, probably like two years in Kana, but I realized that very first time on stage where you're, you're more like nervous about how it's going to go and what the crowd's going to think. And you know, just the nerves of like getting on stage to begin with that that's when I realized that show is like, you don't have any pressure of like whether the material is good. Right. So, well, in some sense, you so, kind of don't because the audience is on your side. That's what people have to realize where they're like, Oh, that must be really tough. What you do. Yeah. It, it can be, but especially that first time, especially when the host treats you nice, isn't the dick and says something nice and, and says, you know what I mean? Let's give this guy our attention. It's his first time or girl or, or, uh, or however you identify. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Let's, Let's just give this human being, I don't know how to be politically fucking correct right now. Yeah. <laughs> Let's give this multicellular organism all of our attention <laughs> yeah 100%. not mentioning whatever gender or whatever you know they have in their pants nobody cares yeah <laughs> we're not gonna talk anyway, about it. um i'm just entertaining myself right now no but it, it's nice when the uh, when the when the host is very kind brings you up the audience wants you to succeed you know what yeah. i mean so it's uh, that first time can be can be pretty magic and and i'm sure for a lot of losers out there it can be horrible <laughs> and i mean it depends too like for me like it uh, the reason i bring that up is because now sometimes when i'm performing like you get very in your head about perform, performing like a new bit or like figuring, making it perfect or adding the right tag to a joke, right? I get too focused on like the details or sometimes I, I, I forget to just like, you know, enjoy the, enjoy the moment. Kind of. fun. Yeah, sometimes I guess because you get too, too, for me, I, I like too focused on trying to make your act like perfect or trying to impress whatever yeah, yeah. the booker or whoever's no, the, there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, you're still. How many years are you in? You're still. You're still a baby. Uh, at this yeah, actually. yeah, almost five. 
I don't know if that yeah, makes right me a on. baby, but no, yeah. no but <laughs> I'm enjoying you're it. Still, you're still a fledgling, you know what I mean? You get I've... your you get your wings, but you're still a fledgling, you know? Yeah. It's um it it's important to have fun because when you're having fun, you are seriously being funny. Yeah. Uh, somebody like Kelly Taylor, I envy that guy because he's just ha- he is a good time Charlie. That guy is the most fun human being and you see it on stage so you right. automatically like him like right away that guy yeah. is just having a good time he's just a good fella and that's what it is and it's always a good time that's he kills he kills yeah okay destroys awesome well i heard really good things about him and he actually just added me to facebook today so hopefully i can connect with him soon and then figure that out um and we yeah can, we can chat yeah, so that uh, kelly kelly's a great great guy yeah i'm surprised you hadn't met him at because he's always at the Stu hughes festival the, <laughs> at the funny festival yeah I, so i thought uh i thought you might have met him uh back uh, last year or two years ago whenever I, whenever i saw you last year I yeah guess it was probably last year yeah i i mean uh i had done before last year i think i had done well i had done the comedy like his uh Stu's contest uh i think twice before so uh, right yeah i i personally don't know if i'll be coming back but uh <laughs> i guess each their own i'm not gonna be mad at anybody for for working with them uh but uh yeah well, i guess we'll see i mean I, I never like to limit my options but oh absolutely I, and you know what uh it's a shit show it's an absolute shit show but I've, yeah. i did it like eight years eight years or so in a row right. just because uh i after a while, I was able to uh, rise above the the nonsense that that surrounds it sometimes, right. and just have a good laugh. And there's so many good comics that do it. Yeah, um, I have reasons too. You know, like I got a good friend that that was assaulted at one of those festivals. You know, yeah, and, and, I... and in a way. You know, I I almost shouldn't just in honor of his. I you know what I mean? Right. But, I talked to him know, a little bit I... about that too. So yeah. Yeah, you know, like. Um, but whatever. Listen, we don't have to. We don't have to <laughs> drudge up shit. There's all kinds of shit in the in the entertainment world where you could talk. You could talk negative. That's fair. Excuse me. You could talk negative stories all the time, but I try to see the positive in it. Right. And the positive for me in that festival is one, I'm alpha male enough to not be intimidated, and two, the comic friends that show up to that thing, the Kelly Kelly Taylor, uh, you know. Uh, Matt Billen, uh, Sean Lacomber, yeah. uh, McGee's been there, you know, like, uh, um, right. people that I, I really enjoy, uh, watching and, and working with. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good, good faces and good friends and yeah. really funny people that go through there anyway. So it's like, I'll do it, you know, I mean, just to hang out with the, with the, with the yeah. cats. At, at what point did you, when you were doing stand or like, during your starting out process, did you did you realize you know maybe this is something I want to do more full time and and uh, you know think I have something special here that I can kind of build on? Is there like a particular moment, or was it just like that first time on stage and you kept coming? It was back that first it? time on stage, man. Yeah. That was it. I was done. Uh, it, there was no turning back. That was it. I I came back. I came back from university to Montreal. Yeah. Uh, at that time, I had a. Um, I had invested some money in a restaurant with my long story, but with a, with a brother and with family, it was a horrible idea. Yeah. Uh, but I, so I was bouncing back and forth from uh, Burlington, Vermont, where I had this restaurant for one year, mm-hmm. uh, and Montreal. And, uh, uh, so that first summer I took a workshop right away in Montreal. I took a, a comedy workshop and there's a lot of there's a lot of people that put that post that shit online where they're like uh, you know fucking workshops are for losers or you know if you don't get it you don't get it i actually disagree i i completely disagree um i don't think one thing i don't think that people should necessarily be teaching comedy if they're not a headliner you know what i mean like what what are your credentials here but um for the most part I, I really feel like I did a I did a course uh, through ACTRA through the the Actors Union mm-hmm. uh, back in when I lived in Halifax and I had about 10 11 people that came out of that class and no joke maybe one person didn't quite get it you know what I mean like maybe one person didn't quite get mm-hmm. it but the other 10 they all walked that first night that they all did comedy for the first damn time Mm -hmm. it was jaw-dropping 
it was everybody came off like they had been already on open mics for six months to a year. No joke. I think one thing that helped was that they were uh, initially, they're already actors, they're already performers, so they're not scared. But just going through the writing process together and having, you know what I mean? Like just yeah. cleaning up stuff and being like, hey, you know, I wouldn't say it that way because it's going to yeah. confuse the audience. Why don't you do this? Being you know able to I mean? bounce like, ideas off of people where like, especially in a course, I think maybe that with the, all the people being new, like the, the stakes are kind of low, right? Whereas if you're talking to a comedian, I don't know, they might be more critical of everything, like of, of, of the joke. They might not understand it, right? Like, whereas like, I think with, with newer people that are, aren't used to seeing it from that perspective, maybe, maybe they have some input in how you can write it this way to make it better or something like that, right? I don't Well, that's exactly what we did. You know what I mean? Like they, they had, they had a guide and they also got to perform it a couple times in class. They, they, you know, workshop their little jokes. I just said little jokes. Like I was my mom talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you going to go out tonight and tell your little jokes? Um, Jokey jokes. <laughs> When are you going to get a real job? That's what I always heard. My yeah. Life, yeah. Well, in your in your bio, you mentioned uh, you're also passionate about food, and you you became a sommelier. Is that that's how you say it? Correct. Yeah, sommelier. I'm uh, a, I uh, became a sommelier back in uh, 2008, and I did another course. I actually became a sommelier again, uh, probably like in 2012. I was living in uh, in Calgary and. I happen to be working at a wine store. So that's, if you don't know what a sommelier is, it's a wine expert slash, we also do booze and beer and oh, okay. alcohol in general, but it's, it's predominantly wine, but you go through everything. Like oh. you go through all the, all the booze process. So I'm a booze expert. Cool. Um, yeah. So I know my, I know my wine. I know, but I never wanted to be like a sommelier in a restaurant yeah. because you guys, there are those guys. Uh, it's like being, in a fancy restaurant, like imagine you're in a fancy, fancy enough place to have somebody to come over to just pour your fucking wine. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. It would be, it'd be an interesting job. Uh, you would take care of the seller and stuff, but I never wanted yeah. to do that because Thursday, Friday, Saturday are sacred to me. You know, um, because I'm working, I'm on the road, I'm I'm in a club somewhere, I'm 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 on a stage, I'm doing I'm doing shows, and that's yeah. what I want to be doing. I don't want to be explaining to some pompous ass that has 350 bucks to spend on an overpriced bottle of wine and I'm trying to convince him that that's exactly what he needs to do because it's going to pair perfectly with his filet mignon, right? That's not where my love is. My love is in the flavor. My love is in the in the knowledge. And uh, I, I ended up taking a, a couple of day jobs where I would, I uh, my last one, I loved it so much. I worked at Fine Styles in uh, Calgary. Mm. and um, But I just got so busy on the road that, you know, it, it, it just eventually I was down to one day a week and then it was like yeah I can't come in for the next three weeks and then, you know, oh, like, uh, yeah. yeah she's just a really good uh, still a very good friend uh, great little store in Kensington I don't know if you've seen it I I, uh, I, th- I I think it was on Netflix a while ago it's a documentary I can't remember the title. It's about the yeah it could be about this guy who uh, disrupts the whole wine industry by basically like <gasps> mixing like $25 wines with these fancy wines and just like oh okay no I don't know I'm sorry I thought you were talking about another sommelier movie no I, I don't know that no one. so there's yeah so basically it's this whole story about a guy who uh, kind of he became a sommelier too and then he his he kind of gained this reputation and got in with he, you know all these high end people in, in the wine industry and then right. his, his his wine that he would create which is just like mixtures of other wines uh, would would be sold for like quarter of a million dollars, and and then I think he just like he tried to basically like leave like peace out, and and then they kind of discovered that he was doing all this, and he I think I believe he went to jail and all that. So I'll have to find. I would imagine because you know in the wine business uh, there is a huge amount of counterfeits. Yeah. Uh, because there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of money in that business and uh, it's like art, right? There's only so many. There's only so many bottles of Chateau Lafitte. If there's only 5,000 bottles of that Cabernet Sauvignon that year, yeah. well, you're one of 5,000 people or or maybe if, you know, I mean, uh, if you're lucky, mm. you're one of, you know, uh, uh, select people that get a chance to have this bottle, you know what I mean? Mm. So the bottles are 5,000 bucks or 10,000 bucks. It doesn't even make sense. Mm. So when you hear about 
uh, even sales in China. Um, more bottles of Lisfite were sold only in, you'll find out things like that, like more bottles of, you know, 1989 Lafitte were sold in China than were actually made in Bordeaux, right? Oh. So that's only in China. So think of all the other bottles that, the real bottles that made it around. Some mm. made it to China, some made it around the world. So the counterfeit is uh, it's a huge business. It's a huge yeah. business. Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you about in particular that I... I've been wanting to ask a couple of people, but I haven't had the chance to. Is, correct me if I'm wrong, but you, do you perform in French as well? I do not. No, no? I don't. Okay. I've been trying to get out of my own way and just do it because I do have some good friends that do perform in French uh, that were English first. Yeah. Uh, my buddy Mike Patterson does. Uh, my buddy Julien Zion does. He was English comic first and then switched over and Julien's been telling me forever. He's like, dude, just get out of your own way. Like, it's, he said that the French audience, like we were talking about before, with that benevolence of the audience, where they just want you to succeed anyway. They're, they're like as if it's your first time. Yeah. They understand you're trying. You're an Anglophone speaking in French. Right. If you if you fuck up a word, they're not going to hang you for it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, they're going to still follow you. But um, I've just been so scared to do it. You know. Well, well the reason I ask it is is specifically because of that. Because uh, I was considering. Um, because, you know, uh, like you said, like a lot of people in Holland, the majority of the population speaks English. However, like I was looking at being a part of something and they particularly wanted me to perform in Dutch. And my I do still speak decent enough Dutch, but I think my my understanding of like the culture and, and the way words right. work, for example, like wordplay is huge. Yeah. That's the thing. You yeah. got to really be a master of a language before you can play with words and in yeah. French especially that's all that they love that you know they love the double entendres of like this word means this but you slipped it in and it means the opposite or something you know what I mean like and then that's that's the laugh I would half the time I'm watching French comedians I'm following along then they hit the punch and I'm looking around like everybody's laughing and I just got lost like ah oh, shit <laughs> what just happened I lost they lost me they lost me I believe his name is Mike Wood. Would that be correct? Is it Mike Ward? Mike Ward. Sorry, yeah, Mike Ward. Have you yeah. ever seen his? I was I was watching that. Uh, I was watching his special, uh, like just on YouTube, uh, recently, because um, I he- I heard of him through Derek Sagan, and uh, and yeah, he he performs in a in a club in Montreal called the Bordel. He doesn't just perform there; he's part right. part uh, owner. Well, he he did it. He did his set, right? He did a set in English, mm-hmm. and then he did his his whole show in, in 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 French. So I was trying to see like if there was any like change in the jokes and find like a, a translated version of it to see if there's different like nuances or things that were going differently between the languages. But um, mm-hmm. he's a very very funny guy. Yeah. Uh, I saw him. Uh, so that club called the Bordel. It's amazing. Uh, before this nonsense struck. Um, this COVID shit, like the Bordel was like sold out for, I don't know, they ran seven nights a week. Mm-hmm. And that, that we, those weekend shows, especially I think were sold out like two months in advance. Yeah. Wow. That club. And it's a nice small little spot. There might maybe I performed there a couple times cause they did a last. So last summer they had done a series they had done like seven shows during the summer in english on oh, i can't remember on whatever night it was was it a wednesday night or something mm. they blocked off seven nights and did an english performance and it's such a great little spot it's really really nice i and i wanted to ask about um so you you perf- you have two albums out right now uh, your most recent being guns and yoga and i wanted to ask about just the process of recording an album and like how for you did you know like you're ready to record um you know those particular jokes how did you know they were ready for that i waited till i was 18 years in yeah. you know what i mean like i uh, i didn't want to uh i mean i could have probably probably should have in hindsight i probably should have at the you know the 12 13 year mark uh after i had i had been headlining for two or three years yeah. i probably should have just done one back then okay but uh i i don't know if a lot of uh comedians uh and live performers i think i think a lot of us deal with certainly not anxiety uh but just uh just doubt just self 
doubt. Right. You know what I mean? And I just, and then finally I decided like, I've got two hours of material that I'm rotating here. It's time to record some of this stuff and retire these jokes and forever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So basically I did the albums and I didn't quite Seinfeld it where I didn't tell the jokes at all anymore, but mm-hmm. basically they, they probably more or less, they found their, they found their, their, their spot on the, in the back of the shelf in the closet. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I, I shelf those jokes for them once in a while. Still one comes out or whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, if, um, you're in a spot and this is a perfect, you know, insert Lego here where it's a perfect spot to put that joke. Mm. Um, you know, I'll take one off the shelf, but for the most part, it was just, uh, yeah, I, I, man, I was, I was 18 years in before I recorded the first album, um, which is, I don't recommend that's, you should have, I should have monetized this son of a bitch a long time ago no. because uh, yeah. understanding with, uh, XM radio is one of the only ways that, uh, we can actually make, uh, a buck, you know, right. um, some passive income, mm-hmm. you know? So finally that that's happened for me, you know, mm-hmm. finally I've caught, you know, some checks and I'm, I'm looking forward to, because they're cutting the next quarterly check coming up here, uh, in, uh, should be beginning of April here, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. um, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what that is because the last one was good. And, uh, you know, this one, uh, man, we, I don't have, I don't have any income coming in. Yeah. It's going to be, everybody's going to need that kind of stuff right now. Right. But I am, I am selling my album online. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, what I'm doing, so anybody that's listening to this, and if you're interested, you can just friend me on Facebook. It's Andrew Albert. You'll find me. I'm friends with Nick. And uh, you can uh, just uh, send me a, a PM and your address, and I can either send you hard copy plus plus a download card or for have, for 20 bucks, and I'll put it in the mail and sign it. Mm-hmm. Or for 10 bucks, I can just give you the access code for the download, and you can get the whole album. Yeah. of uh guns and yoga that's awesome that's yeah. what i'm doing now just to try to generate a little bit of a little bit of income mm-hmm. um before uh whatever plans that the government has coming down the pipe here for self-employed people that yeah. something's going to happen for us and let's hope let's hope that it does you know um scary times scary times when you're an artist man that's yeah. like this uh everything just got cut i had a beautiful tour set up in may i was coming out west i was going to see you guys out west I was uh, all over the place, all over northern Alberta. I was going to finish off in uh, Saskatchewan. I had, I think, three or four weeks lined up out there. Mm-hmm. I was wow. booked solid until booked solid until July. You know, yeah. and it's just all done. That's it. Zero income. In particular, one of the things that struck me too that I was thinking about that I saw uh, one of the uh, parliamentary members from uh, Australia was was saying don't forget about like to support artists during this time because like they just kind of got through the uh australia wildfire relief uh thing right and so they were saying you know at that time when we like they probably still are kind of recovering from that but when we needed them we we rely on like artists and comedians and musicians to you know they're the first people we go to 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 have these shows and these fundraisers to help uh help raise money and now like right yeah right they have no income for the next you know for this entire time yeah Yeah. i mean uh i really hope that this uh can write itself and correct itself sometime sooner than later obviously like if we can get out of this and then see the turnaround in may and then shows start happening again in june i fingers crossed man you know what the thing that sucks about this is no matter what when you're a comic summertime is the slow time anyway right so we're we're going in to the slow time uh fucking dry already you know what i mean dry for two and a half months on the way into slow so shit, man. Put a list on my mom. I got a real job. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it all has these weird effects, right? Because, like, of course, if companies are struggling, they might be, you know, making some cuts, and that means maybe oh, less and events listen, and parties and things like that. Right? Absolutely, the entertainment at the party is like. Listen, man, we've just gone through. I, I was living out west, as as you know, yeah, uh, for the last ten years. So I've watched. I haven't. I've done one. Uh, two oil company shows, but they were pipeline shows this past year. Okay. But I hadn't done anything 
involved in oil because they were already up and going because they were doing their trans mountain thing you know what i mean like we'll see where whatever that wherever that lands yeah but last christmas i did two shows for two pipeline companies that are doing well because they were all working but previous Mm -hmm. to that the last six years i hadn't seen a drop of oil money out in alberta for that entire time because when the industry is hurting the first thing to go at the christmas party is the entertainment then it's the drink tickets then it's the meal then it's just the party all together you know what i mean like that but the entertainment is the first thing cut let's be real and that's an amazing thing to to hear because well it's it's kind of shocking to be honest because like I, i haven't done that many like parties or events to begin with but you know, like if there's that any... takes time, my friend. That that takes time. To yeah. Get those gigs, that's that's ten years, fifteen years in that well, you start getting those dollars. I a hundred percent agree with you, but I'm saying like yeah. you're kind of one of those first people that are in line for those type of gigs, or you're prepared for those kind of things. And then if if you're not getting those gigs, you know, it's just like it's kind of bad all over the place. Kind of tough for everybody. Oh, absolutely. Nobody's, yeah, nobody's getting those gigs. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the oil industry has been hurting for a long time. And then now I can't imagine it's, it sucks. It's, it's tough on everybody, man. I, I don't want to make it sound like woe is artists right. or woe is me, you know, like, uh, cause everybody's hurting right now, you know, like uh, there's a lot of people. If you, imagine if you run a restaurant right now, like I, I remember when I had my restaurant, we were, you're on the, you're on the verge of fucking making payroll every week or yeah. every two weeks you yeah. know what i mean you're on the verge 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 all the time and my restaurant ended up getting shut down and it like it was heading in that direction anyway mm. but we got closed down for two weeks because we'd had a party uh, or rather it was a band there was a band there and uh, it's in the states right so the drinking age is 21 but you know if you're 19 or 20 you can be in there mm. um and there was some kids playing pool and i guess uh, some kid came up He's 21 or plus, you know, he was of age, but he bought two beers, went to the back pool room and handed one to another kid who was probably 19, a high school student. And the teacher was also watching the band and one of the teachers saw him and then alerted the authorities. So we ended up getting shut down for two weeks. That was it. That was the nail in the coffin, man. Yeah. You can't, when you're already skating on thin ice, which I would say 30, 40% of restaurants are doing that on a daily basis. Like, you're just making her, you yeah, know? Yeah. And then you get shut down for two weeks? Good fucking luck. Well, and so, I, I know this is kind of a different question, and I don't know if there's, like, one single answer for this, but... It, I'll it, give you three. <laughs> <laughs> is is there, a, like, a process for... For me right now, like, I, I'm kind of... I, I still do a lot of open mics and things like that, but I'm trying to get more... Um, to do like the the opening gigs for you know, like at, in clubs and things like that is is there a process for for going from being like an open micer to to being uh, to not necessarily uh, maybe transitioning to doing some like middle shows or getting into that club scene or is it just a matter of like getting noticed it's a matter and, of time and it's a matter of just keeping in keeping going out to those clubs they have to see you at the clubs so you have to ask for guest spots you gotta and and i'll tell you right now dude um being in um red deer um i guess you could use it strategically yeah and and go to edmonton and then the next week you know what i mean you're gonna have to uh you're gonna have to suck it up and you're gonna have to do it that's all it is you know what i mean i remember back with my buddy you know uh ryan and different different comedy friends when i started out you know like we would get in the car and go to ottawa and do the open mic there and then come back and then do the open you you just have to keep doing all the open mics and the only way to start getting those open spots those 20 minute spots Mm -hmm. um the opening spots is, is you have to keep showing your face then eventually if they trust you enough, you could say, hey, listen, do you, you think uh, I could maybe split middle one time and then you get to do 10 or 12 minutes, right? Yeah. And then the, then they'll split middle you and then they'll say, yeah, I think this kid can do the 20. And then and it just you just got to keep grinding, man. That's why it took me 10 years to headline. It's just it's just a grind. You just got to you got to you got to love it. Yeah. You got to love it because if you don't, don't bother. It's not about the money, man. It's about, I, I, um, I make a, you know, I'm 20, 23 years in here and 
you know, I know a lot of comics that are, are, you know, doing great. Um, but for the majority of just the guys that are working for a living, I'm making a blue collar living, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I, my bills are paid. Um, I'm, I'm happy. I can go on vacation. I eat whatever I want. I drink decent wine. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm living a life that I love. I, I, I have a nice car. I, you know, like yeah. I'm loaded. I'm not, you yeah. know, I'm making very much a blue collar living, right. but the beautiful thing that makes me feel like I've won is I'm not working. Right. You're not going on like fancy vacations, but you're not sitting in a cubicle either. So that's kind of a nice. Well, I'm not, and I'm not working 45 hours a week and, 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 and I can go on, on, uh, five, like last year we went on a five star, you know, vacation. Yeah. Why not? You know what I mean? Like there's no, I, I can do that. It's just not all the time. I'm right. not paying to see like if I have a <laughs> but what I'm hey, saying is. Once those royalties uh, roll in from the albums. That might change. Yeah, the, the royalties are pretty good. You know, the, <laughs> the album is, the album's been a nice supplemental yeah. uh, income. It's but but on um, on XM, it's actually monetized. Like it's it's a you, uh, there's a lot of guys making pretty good damn money. Uh, uh, I I get an okay little chunk. It's nice. Yeah. Is there um, is there anything you're you're working towards in the future right now? Is there some things you're, you're doing at the at the moment or are there things that you're working towards that you that you have planned no not really you know like right now i'm just working to get back on stage man and try to you know i get a couple things uh that i want to do again um i got some friends in new brunswick uh, uh good friends with a gentleman by the name of tim steves and julien dion um so not last year it was the year before we did a homecoming tour, mm-hmm. and I want to I, I want to launch that again. Uh, we where we did theaters. Yeah. Uh, the first go around is not ever well unless you already have a big name. Uh, the first go around is not usually that big of a success because mm-hmm. renting renting theaters cost money. Right. Know? So we ended up we ended up breaking even, which I mean you could look at that and say, that's well, a, that's I, kinda, a win. I lost money. Oh, okay. Well, you know what I mean. I lost yeah. money because. It's two weeks that I didn't make any money, yeah. and I'm driving around. I'm eating food. I'm, you know what I mean. Right. We had a great time, you know, like yeah. uh, playing poker and 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 buying scotch Creating for the, the hotel nights. You know what I mean, like that. We had fun, and I get to see family and stuff. But uh, I want to launch that again and try to turn the just turn the corner on that and actually make make some something out of it you know because some of the some of the nights weren't the weren't the best but uh some were really good you know there was 250 people or so in halifax or in um, fredericton new brunswick you know so we'll build on that hopefully turn it into 500 you know and then we're making money you know um so i want to do another theater tour is uh is high on my list of things to do um i also want to do more just do more corporate uh, I've, I've really been enjoying, uh, with the corporate scene, uh, doing things like, um, doing things like, um, yeah, well, not necessarily fundraiser, but the event when they, they have an event and they need an MC to keep the night rolling oh, and stuff okay. like that. It's not necessarily straight up comedy. They might say, Hey, at this point, could you do Music 15 festivals. minutes of comedy or whatever? Uh, no, no, it's more like, uh, like an, uh, like an employee appreciation night. And awards. Oh. Yeah. Like well, basically, yeah, you said the awards. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I've done those too. You know, like that sort of shit, you know, like it's, uh, it's, it's, um, it's it's actually enjoyable for me. I really don't I don't mind it at all. You know, it's a little stressful, but it's not a it, and it's usually a good score. You know, like right. it's 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 finally monetizing all this work that we put in in all these fucking open mics and all these all these clubs over the years. You know what I mean? You finally hit you finally hit a decent paycheck. You finally hit a decent score where you're like, wow, that's that's two weeks usual. You know, Joe job salary, and I did it in. 45 minutes you know so my last question here is what is what is i don't know if there's an answer to this but for you maybe what is something maybe you wish you knew there's always an answer brother there's always an answer is there anything that you wish you knew uh when you first started that you've learned now over the years of doing stand-up or you know i tell you what i um i wish if i could go back I wish 
and I, th- I think I still need to learn how to do this, is I wish I could swallow my pride a little better. Mm-hmm. I wish I, um, I wish I could have put on the business hat a lot sooner in my career than rather being a young prick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not a a complete prick, but I'm just like, just a young, arrogant dude where it's like, oh, you don't think that's funny? Well, I'm going to fucking do it anyway. You know what I mean? And and I I didn't, I I push buttons. I'm a a button pusher. I still push buttons. Mm -hmm. But um, I have the chops now to back it up but i remember you know starting out i could have been a lot more diplomatic i could have been i could have you know i i always prided myself that i didn't get on my knees and and either take it in the ass or suck it you know what i mean yeah Uh, but but sometimes in business you have to you have to grease the, the right wheels you know, and that's one thing I never did. And I really, I really took the hard road, man. You know, like I did it, I'm going to do it my way or no way. And I, I'm, I guess I, I got to be proud to a certain degree that mm. I did that. But at the same time in business, it doesn't hurt to go golfing with <laughs> the owner of the comedy club. No. It doesn't hurt. Right. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, I'm not trying to pick activities you can't do. bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, started, I started with, yeah, hey, I started man. from a bike ride, bro. Yeah, okay, yeah. So sorry. I love it. I didn't mean it like that, but you know what I'm saying. You know, I could have gone or or bought them lunch and said, right. "Hey, what do I need? What do I need to do to get to where I want to be?" And 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 what can you? You know what I mean? To ask for help. To okay. I I could have. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's probably the best advice I could give to a young comic is don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid. You know, and and um, and don't be upset when when they might say no because you might not realize it, but maybe they realize that you're not ready yet or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Hey, could you put in a good word? I don't like that shit. You I know think what I mean? maybe, that, that's not what I'm yeah. saying. If you ask so-and-so, whatever, it's just more like, you know, what would you do in this situation? Like, I wish I would have befriended some older, older comics and, and, and use them as mentors. Yeah. Right? I think that's one of the things that this podcast has helped me a little bit with. Cause I, like I mentioned in, in some other episodes before, like, I, uh, anything where there's a lot of, you know, talented people in the room, I feel like I really have to earn the respect of the people in the room, um, and just be like... But we all do. Which, we all do. Yeah, but it's also like, you, you realize that, like, a person like yourself or a lot of people that we perform with, you know, they're all kind of, like, regular people, and it's it's not bad to just have, like, a regular conversation and connect with people, so... That's kind of... Absolutely, but you're gonna you're gonna meet assholes too. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. let, let's be real. It, no matter what business you're in, I remember years ago when I worked uh, waiting tables. As I was starting to do comedy, I was I was waiting tables, and uh, there was a couple guys. There was a one dude, Des, and this other guy, Chris. They worked on the bar side of the Jack Astors, which was the money side. Like mm-hmm. they made the they they had the the, the biggest. The, the you know they were they were working hard i don't know if you i just dropped out somebody's trying to call me right now hold on i still hear you yeah okay cool but uh i remember those boys they wouldn't talk if a new server came in they wouldn't talk to that guy for six months you know what i mean like you have to earn their respect and that's it's kind of the same with comedy you know what i mean like eventually Mm. eventually you're sitting at the table with the big boys like man Mm. i did a the, the hubcap festival uh just last in back in just in february and mm-hmm. i'm sit i'm sitting at a table with mike wilmot this is one of the guys yeah. that i idolize he's and i i don't mean idolize like you know what i mean like it's a weird word um it's, but i respect right. i absolutely respect right. and you know i've been in this long enough now that Mike and I were having a conversation and he, it was, we were, he was talking to me like a peer. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm, I'm at the big table. Yeah. It's one of those surreal feelings to be sitting at a table with somebody you saw on like TV, for example. I don't know. Like that's what I've always thought kind of, a, but yeah, again, like, yeah, but it. just somebody you, you respect that much. You yeah. know what I mean? I think he's one of the top, 
three funny guys. That, he has to be in the top three funny guys in in the country. You know, mm. and and you're hanging out with him. It's nuts, and and you're you're laughing with each other and shooting the shit. That's what I love about this business. There's yeah. so many good. So uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of weirdos, but right. for the most part, there's a lot of really great people in this business. Mm. So uh, like you mentioned, uh, you, you're selling your albums uh, just through social media right now. People can find you. At yeah, Andrew it's available Albert. now. Listen, it's available on all platforms and that bullshit, right? It's on the right. iTunes and the whatever. There's a, there's probably Spotify, fifty all those. fifty all that shit. Um, but the only way that I can really monetize it, the only way that I really see money is is if you get it through me. You know, through those other companies, man. It's they, they, they they take it all. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's no the only way to, to to actually support the performers is go directly through them. Uh, mm. Mind you, you can you can get it off whatever you you know if it's if it's convenient for you. But if you just uh, if friend me on Facebook uh, and um, and and just send me a PM and I'll 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 hook you up. Awesome. Any other social media we can let people know about or? No, I'm also I'm also on Instagram, uh, but I really don't use it. I'm just I'm gonna link that up. I'm gonna figure that. I'm an old guy. Okay. But could you explain to me what Zoom is? What's going on with Zoom? Okay, so Zoom is like uh, Zoom is well, it's usually used for like work meetings. Sometimes if you're having a meeting with somebody that's like further away, but now mm-hmm. it's being used a lot um, because. Uh, because of the coronavirus, so nobody can actually meet up. So it's just it's a it's a free software. If anybody's interested in using it, uh, the free program you can have up to a forty minute meeting and as many. I think, oh, I think it's uh, you can have as many people in the meeting as as you need. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just basically like a a way for people to interact right now. And right on. Okay, okay. I didn't know if it was. I didn't know if, if it was another social media. Thing it's that similar I to. Uh, it's similar to uh, Skype, basically. But uh, right. So it's it's it, you could post your rather not post, but you could have a live. You could have a live performance and just put it through. This yeah. Thing, right? The only thing. The only like downside is that there's a forty minute time limit. Whereas like right. Skype, there's none. But it's not like. It's 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 uh, would be difficult to do a show, I guess, because there's no like. Uh, people can't really interact with you as you're doing it. You just have to, would have to record it and then release it afterwards. Yeah. A, a buddy just uh, launched a thing uh, last week, uh, two weeks ago I was on for the first Tuesday when we were all sitting home Yeah. Uh, here in Montreal. This guy, Tyler, uh, he did, um, it, he did it through uh, Instagram live. Oh, okay. Where, where he can bring on one person at a time, right? Then it goes split screen. And then right. if that person wants to do a five minute set, he just, put a put a cover on his camera so his side of the screen or his he was on the upper side uh, it was split in half down the middle and uh, his would would go dark and then basically you had the floor right that's super cool yeah, yeah it was a great idea it, nice. i'm thinking that's a great idea for like a talk show idea you could talk to anybody you know what i mean yeah 100%. In this uh, in this business, so I might be contacting you for a talk show sometime. That sounds awesome. Well, I appreciate. Right. Thank you for uh, sharing your time with me today. Um, thank you, my man. Yeah. Thank you. All right, and hopefully we'll share the stage again soon. You got it. All right. Later. Stay safe, man. All right. Sounds Watch good. Wash your fucking hands. <laughs>